Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Dance of the Soul. And Regan Forston and I, Natasha Venter, are here to help you. Um, just we love to bring the consciousness of life to bring it up to be who you can be your better self. Because the dance of the soul, it's the story of who we are, you know, with doing the dance. How do we dance through life? How do we negotiate life? And with that, we would, Regan and I, Regan's a hypnotherapist, clinical hypnotherapist, and he does this with love and kindness. Great. I mean, he's got a lot of history. He has a lot of knowings. I am a, a multi-life intuitive. I've been intuitive, I don't know how many different lifetimes. I can't even count them. There's so many. And then I um, I do energy work, seer, um, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm a multifaceted. I just want to help you be who you are. So I love to work with past lives, DNA work. I also love to help clear houses and, and do that kind of thing. So it's, it's a negotiation of how do we work with our full facet of who we are and because it's, it's multi-layered and right now we're going through a lot of, of people coming into their truths people trying to figure out who they are uh you know we come into somebody's place of where they're at like so let's say we walk by somebody in a grocery store and their energy feels off to us but we don't know how to label that and so sometimes we kind of go into disheartenedness or dis um disconnect disconnectedness or we go into judgment real easy or we go into this kind of other story and and how do we negotiate that so Rian and i wanted to talk about you know going into this because right now you know we're in the summer months in the north north side of the hemisphere and people in the southern hemisphere going into the winter months uh, and you know it, it's all in how does it look to us but it's it's the planets are the same you know what's happening in the north you know when a planet goes into retrograde it's in the north and the south. When a planet goes in, you know, when we have, you know, something happening, it's north-south. So it's a whole world that we need to work on and look at. And there's a lot of things we don't like. And that's why I we added in the thing. You know, there's people we don't like to be around. And then there's things we don't want to deal with and like to be around. And so how can we negotiate going through those things and that moment when you struggle with that. So, hi, Regan. You right. had an amazing weekend. I had an amazing weekend. I was in a fair for two days um, and oh, wow. two 12 hour days by the time I got done with my my day to day stuff. And I felt I, I got the the confirmation from many people that I really helped them a lot. And that's good. And then, you know, it a, like a psychic fair or? Yeah, it was. It was. And it was a newer one in a smaller town, but yet. It was very prosperous and very yeah. wonderful and met up with this wonderful person who he was like, oh, my gosh, Natasha. Oh, my God. Oh, you can you can do that. You can do this. You can do that. Oh, wow. And, and you do it that easily. And I, I mean, it was just like, you know, you know, he was honoring. He was seeing me witnessing all that I can do. And it's like, yeah, he goes, you need to be a little more fiery about what you could what you do, because you're pretty passive about it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of presidents um, secretly, uh, as we found out, have uh, uh, seeked out uh, mediums to help them. Mm -hmm. You know, I know uh, Reagan, President Reagan, I mean, he was very Christian or whatever, but they had a famous medium. I don't remember who she was, but uh, they would um, uh, try to get a perspective from a medium standpoint. So it, nowadays it's being more accepted, you know, than it was. But it's funny how. And it used to still 
I mean, well, um, even like back in history, you know, so many of the kings and that they had seers, you know, they would ask them when's the best time to plant, when's the best time to go. So they've been, um, you know, people have had this ability have been behind the scenes for millennia now, mm -hmm. you know, and now it's nice that it can be more out in the open um, and more accepted. You know? Exactly. And that's that's my goal. And so in, in you're doing tremendous work in your hypnotherapy, bringing awarenesses of the other worlds around us. That mm -hmm. it, And why are we doing this this personal walk in life? And many times when we get into this personal walk in life, we we come up against things we don't like because that's called the shadow work. That's called, you know, let's look at the other side of the of the mirror. Let's look at the other side of the coin. Let's look at the other side of life. And, and see what, what's going on, because there's a lot of actions that are going on that we don't like what's happening. And so how do you yeah. how do you negotiate that? How do you how do you be? So let's let's kind of look at if we can. So the, again. Like the topic then today is like, how how do we deal with things that we hate to do? We have to deal with, you know, difficult people, difficult situations, you know, things that make us want to uh, or things that make us want to cuss or, you know, or blame somebody or whatever, you know, we all have those things. So, you know, what are some good ways um, to deal with it and why we want to give you some perspective today of maybe why you're having to go through these things. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, for one, you know, how do we, how do we discern that word has really been coming out of my mouth a lot lately that mm -hmm. discern, how do we discern between, um, something that is there to push our buttons for our greater good and something we just plain old don't like. And then whose truth is that? I don't like it. Yeah. You know, cause right now we're coming up on a lot of personal truths that aren't really sitting right with us. And sometimes we come up with something that we don't like and, Oh, that was my grandparents truth that I shouldn't like that. But I just kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure if I dislike it, you know, like the thing about spiders, you know, spider uh, scare, being scared of spiders can be three generations, you know, well, I don't mm -hmm. have to dislike spiders. I kind of like spiders, but well, that's where there's a part of me that says I should hate spiders, you know, yeah. a lot of our fears and our, and, uh, and that come from the fears of our parents who like when you were young and they'd see a spider and we'd see them freaking out and 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 screaming and you know whatever it was and so that's how we're taught to be afraid of them you know mm -hmm. so sometimes as, as an adult uh, it's difficult um i had a session earlier today where i had to help a person uh get over something like that um she didn't know about the tapping you know the eft and the havening touch and everything and um and so i just mentioned it to her and we we sidetracked the life between life session end up being a regular therapy session to help her to get over some things and the uh it worked like Matt she got she was a seven on one issue uh is like a seven you know like mm -hmm. yellow one to ten <clears throat> and we ended up getting it down to about a two you know so she could say wow i could really feel the relief from that like i can i can still think of that fear i usually have or that being in that situation where a minute ago when i thought of it i was a seven and now it only feels like a two and i said well that's the way this energy medicine works and it'll stay there you know it's not going to go back again you know, that way. So, um, um, you know, I guess a lot of times these things where we come up against, um, they show us, reveal to us what our fears are, you know, mm -hmm. right? And then <clears throat> if we can, we try to just not look at it or we try to 
<coughs> sweep it under the rug or something, but it, it keeps coming back and it can really uh, make life difficult. So um, the good news is that there's ways now of, uh, of de dealing with those things. But why, N Natasha, when you, if someone says, you know, is going through a difficult time and you're counseling them or something, and they really are open to listening to what the truth is a lot of times, sometimes it's hard to hear the truth. But um, basically, why do you think, why do you think we have to go through so many trials? You know, why can't life just be easy and breezy every day and let's not have to go through difficult situations? Well, it's kind of like strengthening in a muscle. You know, you almost have to have resistance when you're strengthening a muscle. You know, you, you pull forward, you you know, it's like you have resistance. And when you have resistance, you gain strength. Well, when you have resistance in something that is in our world, it brings it through the next layer. You know, like this weekend, I witnessed, well, in the last week, I had to stand up to what was representation of a bully. You know, I'm not going to call the person a bully, but it was a res representation of a bully because it brought out those emotions in me. Yeah. So she may not have been a bully, but it brought out those relations, those feelings oh, yeah. in me. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So with that, that, that I was standing up to the bully inside of me and she was the representation of, of, of that moment. So me even just having a voice, speaking to the situation, calling that part of me that really needed to be talking to the person who represented the power. Now I'm going to bring it down from a bully to a power, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was talking with them and, and with that, then there was a little bit of a negotiation because when you have a perception of something and it, and it's a strong line, we don't really necessarily learn it. So with that, then me learning me, um, me going up against that, that, um, representation of the, of the bully scenario. Do you see how I keep changing it? That it's not necessarily mm -hmm. the person, it's a scenario that I really brought those, my inner mm -hmm. child up that was bullied all those years. My dyslexic part of me, I, um, I brought up a, a, a weak, I'm just going to call it a weak voice that I have you know, that is representation in that mix and was bringing it metaphorically up from being a child to, oh, you can be a part of my team. And now we're going to walk forward and have a voice, a stronger voice, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm willing to stand up for myself. You know, it wasn't up to my husband to stand up for me. It wasn't up to my kids to stand up for me. It was up to me. Now, I called in my dragon. I called in. Um, I actually had a guide that came in. Somebody else's guide kind of hitchhiked and helped me out, Sabrina. You know, it, there was these all these different parts that that were coming forward to to help me so that when I started getting into victimhood again, energetically in the middle of the conversation and tears started to come up. I heard the word breathe, ground, breathe. Those were the simple words. And I went, hmm. And I come back into realizing, realization, you know, awarenesses, you know, that kind of thing. And so <clears throat> things that are in front of us are here to help stretch and pull us so we can get into a new knowing. So now I, in the fair this weekend, you know, I came up to someone who was testing me in a reading. 
you know, she was energetically during the reading. I'm like going, is this coyote working with me? You know, that trickster, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to tease her here. I'm going to tease her there. going to lead her here. I'm going to lead her there to see if I'm the one leading thoughts into her or if I, or if it's her intuitiveness, right? Well, during that part, I was like staying instead of becoming victim of it. I practiced already being standing up to the bully energy to stand up to this trickster bully energy to negotiate what I'm doing. So, you know, usually if you're, if you're negotiating something, the universe is going to give you another chance to work on it, to make sure you got it a little bit better. Yeah. It's, well, it's a journey, a little bit better, right? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, in the research that we've done through the Newton Institute, of which we've had 70,000 people now in a deep state of trance, we've helped them to, visit the afterlife for a few hours and learn some things and come back like having a near death experience without the death part, you know, and, and that's what I do with people. Um, what we found out is that uh, the majority of times when you come down in uh, to be reincarnated body, it's to learn something, you know, in other words, it's like, it's like, it's like us taking classes in college, you know, we're like, we want to learn something, go to trade school, or we want to go to college because there's some skill that we don't have that we want to have. And um, so people choose difficult lives. They choose to come down and to go through uh, these uh, hurdles, you know, to have to go through, break through these barriers and things like that. Uh, even uh, soulmates sometimes. Um, we had a case uh, uh, recently where um, the woman, when she's in a deep state of trance and she talks to the higher self of her current husband. And one of the questions she was asking him is, why are we having such a difficult time? I said, we're soulmates, you know, why are you, why does it feel like you're, you're pushing me so much? Why does it feel like you're challenging me so much? Why can't we just, you know, we love each other so much. Why can't we just get along, you know? And he says to her from, you know, in heaven, she's up there and he says, well, Hey honey, that's, um, you know, I love you so much. You remember we decided I was going to come down because I love you so much. And we were, I was going to be like divine sandpaper with you, you know? to 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 uh, wear you down in some way so that you could change for the better you know mm -hmm. <clears throat> so her just having that knowledge changed the whole situation with her you know now you know she's willing to when when her husband uh seems to be bullying her or something yeah. like that Being a little bristly <laughs> right. she's, she's now beginning to start to do what you just described in yeah. other words instead of trying to uh, slay the messenger you know, who's just there to give you, you know, to try to help wake you up, you know, um, uh, try to find out what is it that she needs to learn from that, that challenge that she's having with her husband, you know, so, um, you know, once you see, it's kind of like a game a little bit, you know, and then you don't, you, you just like, have you seen sometimes kids when they have it, when they're playing like um, Scrabble or Monopoly or something like that? When they haven't matured yet and they take the game too seriously, they lose their temper and they throw things and you can't do, you know, as you get older and you realize it's just a game. You don't do that kind of thing, you know, once you once you mature. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times that's what we need to do. Instead of complaining about things, we need to be mature enough to say like that was so cool. What you said about the bully, instead of just reacting back to the bully, you're realizing that she just triggered something in you that you needed to look at, you mm -hmm. know. Now, I'm going to tell you, for the first um, 12 hours, I sat in victimhood. Oh, okay. 
I did sit in victimhood. I did sit in, why is this happening? I, why are they doing this to me? Now I can say though, that my victimhood might feel a little different than others because I'm, I'm asking those questions. What is this about? The, why are they so worried about two minutes when the big picture of life was, I was taking care of a big situation. You know, why, what, what is this doesn't compute. Where am I doing what they're saying I'm doing? You know, it's like, yeah. there's a lot of miscommunication perceptions were off. You know, it was just a confuckle, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And I couldn't put it in a box. And so that kind of held me in victimhood a little bit, you know, because yeah. I was like, what is it about me? You know, I don't fit in a box. Do they want to get rid of me? Do they, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes how they push people out of jobs, you know, because mm -hmm. they just don't fit in a box anymore, you know, type of thing. But the union, you can't really necessarily fire anybody. So they push you to leave, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so with that, I was checking in with it. But once I got my feet back underneath me, and that's the thing that I have learned. Sometimes we have to be where we're at. If you're angry about something, if you're sad about something, if you don't like something, deal with it. But what I did was I didn't go yell and scream at my bosses. There was a couple opportunities that I could have said something, but, you know, looking back, that part of me said, why didn't you say something? You should have said something then. But then I was saying, no, wait a minute, because I would have been heard wrong. Yeah. I, people would have gotten defensive instead of interactive. Yeah. And then that way also too, you know, when you're dealing with someone who you don't fit in their box, sometimes when you give them more information, they know how to manipulate you unconsciously. Yeah. So I had to be neutral for a little bit. And sometimes neutrality is not a bad thing, you know, especially when you don't have all the perceptional pictures, yeah. you know, two sides to every coin. There, there's two knowings to everything. There's, you know, so looking and stretching at things. So, you know, welcome those that are watching. If you have any comments, please say something because this is a conversation and, and please like and share and, and do what you can do to, I really feel like this is a conversation that a lot of people can get helped with. And so if you'd like to make a comment about what's happening, please do so because this is a good conversation. Yeah, if they're watching on uh, on YouTube, they can do that, right? Just mm -hmm. type and, in. And Facebook. Mm -hmm. Well, see, now I'm glad you brought up this. It was great how you said that it, you know, for the first hours, you were in victimhood a little bit because even, even with us, with the knowledge and everything we have and what to do, being human beings, it's normal to be in victimhood for some amount of time. Mm -hmm. But uh, as you become more spiritually aware of the bigger picture, you're going to find out that the amount of time you spend in victimhood becomes less and less and less. Exactly. And when I look back how I was five years ago or one year ago or six months ago, even, um, it seems like I get back up on the wagon and move forward, you know, quicker than I, than I used to do, get out of the victim mode because yeah, we want to feel like a victim, like, ouch, you know, for a little while. Um, but then in that time, when you were feeling that way, because you have a bigger sense of things, that's when your higher self started working on this issue, right? Mm -hmm. And started thinking, hmm, you know, maybe I shouldn't react over this because this could be this way. Um, why do I feel this way when that person, you know, said those kind of things? What do I need to look at within myself, you know? Uh, and we're not saying that we're excusing uh, rude behavior from people or 
that sort of thing. But um, uh, we're just saying it's kind of good to see the whole 360 degrees of an issue rather than just a little tiny part. Exactly. You know? This perception can mess us up. And that's the yeah. thing that at first, you know, when it first happened to me, I was in shock. You know, yeah, this really happened. Really? Okay. And then, and then the disbelief turned into frustration and anger and, and the word bully and, and all that labeled energy. And then as time went on, I kind of, I had to go, okay, I, I really try right away taking the, the person out of the, this, the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, taking that, that I try to take the experience, the person out of the experience and make the experience, the, the interaction. So I had the feeling and the, and I witnessed being bullied. I'm not labeling who that is because they have their own scenario, right? Yeah. They're a human being They're They're doing that. And then, then coming forward again, I really worked on how can I negotiate these feelings of being bullied? Because it's my response to what happened that I'm actually responsible for, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things. So, um, hello there. Um, is it Monica? Monica. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I talked about since we've been, have others in power positions that over abuse their power. Yes, we do. Uh, and and welcome to our show. Um, and, and we do. That's where, though, if we take the person out of the position and, and negotiate what's happening, the scenario that's happening, then it's, it's our intentions change, which means our empowerment changes. Because if we're trying to stand up to another person, we have to meet that person where they're at. But if we're actually interacting with a situation, we can maneuver around that person, right? Because we see a different perspective. Because if we're just yeah. if we're just labeling that person's perspective, then we forget that there's a lot of other scenarios going on, right? And we yeah. need to negotiate that. Because I know that in my situation, there is people that are involved, right? And I do have to do something to dot my I's and cross my T's about the person, but I'm not necessarily trying to, my intention is not to call out. I'm talking about representation of what happened, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So in other words, they, they walked across the street crooked instead of labeling it. So-and-so walked across, you know, it's like, well, my supervisor walked across the street crooked, you know, and that's, what I've been getting in trouble for. So do as I say, not as I do, you know? And so how do you intentionally talk about that without going nah, 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 the same thing that they're doing to us? Because yeah. if we bully, if we're bullying them back, are we any better than them? And it's not about right or wrong. And it's not about being better than them. Yeah. But it's yeah. how do we shift that energy so that we can be more, more co cohesive. I had a, a spiritual experience that happened that, um, has helped me deal with bullies um, happened when I was, I think in my mid forties. So it's about 30 years ago. And um, I think I mentioned it one other time on the program, but 
I was at a chiropractor and he was doing the network chiropractic on me, which was a new type of chiropractic where they don't actually physically even touch you, mm -hmm. but you lay there. And what they do is they feel, they go over your, your body, the energies, they feel, find the hot and cold spots. And when they find a cold spot, they know that there's something stuck there or some kind mm -hmm. of energy. Um, and this man was a friend of mine. So even though it was kind of weird, I kind of like to feel the, you know, like to feel when they physically manipulate me. I said, okay, I'm open to this because he just got back from the schooling from that. So um, I laid on my stomach and um, I, I could just, I don't know, I could maybe kind of feel him in my energy a little bit, you know, where his hand I could feel the warmth or something of his hands. But all of a sudden I, I, I was, um, I was standing in a schoolyard, like seemed like it was like 1800s. And what seemed real to me, like I wasn't making it up in my mind because my mind's kind of looking at what's going on at the same time I'm having this experience. Mm -hmm. But this, um, the, it was a fence about two and a half feet tall, but it was unpainted. And it was like to, to give the border of like a schoolyard. And when I looked at the schoolhouse, there was space between the boards. You know, you could see through, see, so it was, and it wasn't painted. It was just roughly thrown together. And I was standing there and a little girl, um, in a little dress, I can picture her now, in a little dress down to her knees. She came up to me when she looked up at me because I'm the big kid. Uh, I'm the big kid in the schoolyard. She looked at me and she saw me and she screamed like I'm some sort of monster and ran away. And I realized at that time that I'm the school bully. You know, I'm this big brute guy that just, you know, everybody's afraid of and everything like that. But instantly I knew why I was the bully. And it, I, it's like I could feel in that body. And I was feeling like I, I did it. I had no love in my life. You know, I had no love and I was bitter about that. So I was mean to everybody. And then it fast forwarded. I'm like, I feel like I'm in my mid forties. I'm kind of a, a rotund kind of guy. I'm in this little cabin about maybe 12 feet by 20 feet. I can see the cabin now in my mind. And um, I'm just feeling that same feeling I had when I was a kid that I just, I just don't have any love. You know, I just felt mm -hmm. sad. I felt like, what's the worth living? And I saw my hand reach up and grab a, a rope off a hook that I had there. And I went into the woods and I felt that me put the rope around my neck. And, and then all of a sudden I was out of it, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I've always realized since that day, you know, that bullies, it's like, you, you almost got to, you got to give them a hug somehow, you know, even energetic hug or, or send love to them or something because they're so mean and everything a lot of times because they, they have lives that they feel that they're totally victimized, that they don't have any love, that they don't have any good within themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. So it gave me a whole perspective on bullies. And so now when I see bullies, I just, something in me, in a sense, I just feel sad, you know, like, ah, oh, poor, you know, person, instead of feeling angry, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, get angry back sometimes, but. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I, that's why I try to take the person out of the situation, yeah. even though there's a person doing it, um, even though there's a person doing it, but I try to take to analyze it and look at that situation. I try to take the people out of it and see what's going on. Oh, that bullying is my thing I got to deal with. Now their representation of it, because they're so hurt and out of control that they're in control. They try to be in control, which makes them bully, you know, in a sense of, because they want to control everything. So they're going to be bulldozers about what they want. Right. Yeah. Which is a bully attitude. And, and so, you know, looking at where we're at in life that, 
many times it is, you know, this, the other person that's, that's, that's struggling with this because everybody has a thing. Everybody has a story. Everybody has trauma that happened to them. Everybody has something that wasn't comfortable happened to them. How do we negotiate it? And, you know, in a way, honor what's going on with them, you know, and that's where if we can take judgment out of it, say, not going to happen again, you know, like, like what's happening in the scenario I can, you know, explained earlier. Now I know better. I have better tools. So when I see a scenario happening again, that reminds me of what happened this time with feeling bullied, I'm going to communicate earlier. I'm going to put up different boundaries earlier so that I don't negotiate that the same way I did by waiting for things to happen. I have better tools now to go forward. And so, um, and and yes, it, it can be a bottomless pit, you know, trying to negotiate this whole story. But I can tell you though, that me going through what I did. So when I sat down with union representation, you know, cause I, I wanted to have that, you know, protection there. Right. Mm-hmm. That when I sat down with that, with the, with that, that I actually had a more engaging conversation, more empowered situation instead of trying to, to backlash and be all over the place and not be secure. I was with myself. I understood who I needed to be in that situation, which made me stronger, which made that other person respect me differently. Yeah. Well, you know, and sometimes the situations that we uh, have to deal with are karmic involved. You know, in other words, it's just, um, uh, you know, we put someone in the same situation another lifetime and now we're here having to, you know, have the same thing happen to us. Um, So, it's like sometimes you you sign up for situations. Sometimes it has to do with, you know, payback or karma. And and sometimes it's just um, lessons that you want to learn, you know, that you want to uh, like so, some people are prepared to go to grad school and some people just want to get their degree and leave. Other people go to grad school and then they do their doctorate and go, you know, even beyond that, you know, spend more years learning. So everybody's everybody's uh, a little um, a little bit different. I always look at it like that, like you know, when you're I'm in the middle of a difficult situation and I, I think, okay, Regan, okay, if, if it is true that I signed up for this, um, you know, why am I going through that? And just the fact that I say that to myself lessens the the degree of, uh, of difficulty in a situation. Mm-hmm. So just saying that and coming to that instead of just reacting, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, when that thing happened to you, instead of just reacting immediately, you you let it you had to filter through it you had to think about it and look at it in different situations so that your response was going to be responsible and coming more from love rather than than uh dysfunction yeah and i'm gonna tell you that love can be tough love yeah (laughs) it's not it's not wishy-washy it's got tough love and um Monica, uh, here's um, uh, some narcissists select their targets and it's a huge decision. Yes. And that there again is hatred gets in there. Dislike. I mean, I can tell you that my husband, when he was drinking, he was narcissistically attitude, you know, and I lived over 20 years with, with that energy and it's not easy to negotiate it. It's very, 
you, you, you become more passive aggressive yourself sometimes. But at the same time, though, what can we learn about boundaries? What can we learn about discernment? What do I need to do to survive this? What do I need to negotiate this? You know, um, I sure learned how to stand in my own empowerment all those years with mine. Yeah. You know, that, you know, there was a reason why there was a reason why my my husband at that time now he's oh my gosh he's becoming a miracle you know that that you know he's a recovering narcissist is there a thing he's a recovering narcissist <laughs> that you know, know. Uh, that you know but it takes us having boundaries no this isn't going to work anymore and if we have to walk out we have to walk out you know so we can discern how much we want to step into somebody who we know is a narcissist sometimes they trap us but how can we get untrapped with that right so becoming who we are and doing our dance you know we're going to come up with the things we don't like we come up with the situations that we don't like but i'm going to tell you though that a lot of times and i've come up with a lot of situations i had um, a supervisor that there was two supervisors, one that I was working under and one that was put into our, our um, network because we had too many students, right? And this is one that nobody really liked her. She was a, she was all about her, you know, lovingly said. I ended up working with her and because I knew how to negotiate the situation more than her. Does that make sense? So that when mm -hmm. I took the power out of her, it gave me the power to be negotiate what was in front of me. So yeah. if the situation was control, how can I help with that control situation? If the situation was um, shame or, or throwing off guilt to people around us, then we had to do that. If it was victimhood, how can I help with victimhood? You know, cause yeah. the person's going to show you different faces, right? But how can you negotiate those faces and detach from it because things are in our life to trigger us to heal us so if we don't like how a situation is going down the news example there's a lot of things we don't like we can either feed into it give it power or we can detach from it and say i'm asking for divine healing on this i want things to happen the next time i see something that's going on like this i'm going to stand up for it but you have to kind of get detached from the story and become empowered being in the moment of it. Do you hear the difference with that? Getting out of the story of it, which we can stay there for a few minutes while things are, we're negotiating those emotions, but get out of the story if you can and get into how can I negotiate it? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of learning. Like when I, um, I, uh, was a you know professional clown for a lot of years, which is seems like another lifetime now. Back for about twenty years, I mean, I did like four thousand children's birthday parties, and then I had the opportunity to start to expand, and and um, I started buying those inflatable things that kids jump on and slide on and what all that. End up spending about a hundred thousand dollars on on those things and started renting them out. Besides, you know, being a clown or anything. Well, that business, um, it started, um, I started doing grad nights where I had like, you know, sumo wrestling and 
these big giant boxing rings that, so that seniors could, you know, get in there and pound themselves with these big giant boxing gloves and Velcro mm -hmm. walls where they would, they would run and jump and have the Velcro. So they run and jump and stick on a wall Velcro, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, it ended up being, you know, like I didn't know what I was getting into. There was so much pressure with that, with things breaking, people getting hurt, uh, having to have train, uh, you know, uh, teenagers that work for me and having to have them show up on time and having to buy more vehicles so they could, cause I couldn't do all the jobs myself and everything. And, uh, it, it, at one point, it was so much pressure I was going through. My wife actually left the house. She told us we had the four daughters there. She says to the daughters and it says, he, there's so much pressure he's under right now. I can't stand just being around him. And so she went to a motel for the weekend because there was so much pressure going on and it was just too crazy, you know? And I'm thinking at the time, it's like, man, what did I sign up for here? But those um, six or seven years that I did that, when I looked back after the situation, I went, man, I can deal, I can deal, I feel I could deal with any stress that comes along now because <laughs> I had, I learned how to, I had to deal with it. You know, I was thrown in it. It was hard, but I found solutions. I worked my way through it and I became stronger because of it. Mm -hmm. So it, it, and when it was all said and done, I was glad that I went through those six years of craziness because it made me a stronger, better, it made me a better boss, you know, uh, to, to deal with people. Um, it made me deal with, um, I learned how to deal with situations. Uh, um, I had to, sometimes when someone would get hurt on something and I'd get sued or something, I had to learn how to deal with all the, you know, legalities and all that situation and how to have compassion for the people, not how to not try to duck out of my responsibility. Uh, mm -hmm. Although I can see where that comes from because you just want to run from that and try to make it look like it's not your fault. Oh God, I learned so many things. But sometimes it's not because it was somebody else's stupidity sometimes, yeah. but it was your equipment, but it's that tricky place. Sometimes it is a tricky place. Like I had the mantra lately. I didn't do anything wrong, but I can shift something. You know, I didn't do anything wrong, but I can shift something. And yeah. so to make it feel more right. And when we're dealing with, like you were saying, that you didn't like the situation you're in, but you kind of got into the domino effect of it, right? Yeah. One thing led to another, led to another. And then you finally put the brake on and said, let me look at this for a second. And mm -hmm. that's the thing is, is that a lot of times we start getting into these stressful moments of I don't like this and I don't like that and I don't know right and then how do we negotiate you know being but we have to sometimes stop and that's one thing that I noticed like what I just went through lately that I had to stop once in a while and breathe and just take an overall view you know it's almost like you know the umbrella life and then you look what's underneath the umbrella you know, oh, yeah. okay. And you get different perspectives, you know, look at it from the north, south, east and west, you know, looking into it to see how you can negotiate these things because things aren't always as they appear. Yeah. You know, if we don't like something, you know, something, let's say something on the news, you know, we don't like something and it really stirs a part of us. Remember, we got to look back and see why we're being triggered ourselves. Right. And, you know, sometimes, um, uh, people that come to me, they come to me for you know regular therapy because they have these difficult issues they're having to deal with, and we we try to find out where it all started, and we mm -hmm. 
we go back, um, sometimes I'll, in hypnosis, I'll do a regression where they go back to early childhood and try to see if they can find out where situation started. Sometimes we come up with nothing and then we'll do a pass. If they're open to it, we'll do a past life regression. And lo and behold, they find out that something that they carried over from another lifetime has actually caused them some issues in, in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Then when they, and the beautiful thing about that is when they see that and they find out where it started and have that understanding of why, you know, where it started from and why they have that issue, uh, sometimes their issue just disappears. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just having that uh, like that awareness. So that's one benefit. Sometimes people say, well, what's the what's the big deal about doing a past life regression? Because I'm I'm who I am now. I'm not who I was then. But, you know, think of in this lifetime and you think of when I think about the different like I feel like I've been five me's, five different me's in this lifetime. When I think about different stages, you know, as you as you become more mature, as you deal mm -hmm. with issues and problems, you become more spiritually aware like initiations in a way, you know, and in each of those other times, I was a different personality. You know, I reacted to things differently than I do now, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's all these things that we go through, um, you know, um, the things that I've been through, especially like relationships have felt, you know, the five, six women that have been special in my life, each one of them seemed to have a mission to wake me up in a certain way. You know, and I think back to like angels, you know, they had the uh, the patience to deal with my stubbornness and my, uh, you know, the, the things. But, um, you know, here I am now a lot better person than I used to be, you know. Mm -hmm. so. And it, and that's the thing is, is that we get stuck in these moments of story of I don't like this. I don't like that. I Why is this happening? Why is that happening? You know, why did corporate have to buy out my nice little store? You know, why why is it that there's so much going on in the news? I really hate that. You know, why why am I feeling this way about this situation? And I can tell you that that me going through my um I'm going to label it feeling feeling bullied goes back many generations, many many generations in my DNA and many generations of my past lives. And this was an opportunity for my soul to say, ah, ah, excuse me. I, I, I'm here and I'm not the perception you thought I was, <laughs> you know, I'm here and I'm not the perception you thought I was. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is that that's why, you know, like, like calling out the narcissist, right? Like, um, Monica, and so I hope Monica, I hope I'm saying your name, right. That, you know, you called out the narcissist. Well, sometimes we got to deal with the narcissist, but we cannot do it without support. You know, yeah. you have to be able to, you know, like for me, you know, I called in somebody to listen to our conversation, not because I want to prove that that other person was wrong, but I wanted to to make sure that I was doing okay too, you know, because it is a triangle, you know, not everybody's right and not everybody's wrong. You know, yeah. there's two sides to every coin and we're not perfect, nor is the other person. So how can we negotiate this a little bit better? Uh, I recently, I wish I could remember all the things I learned somehow, but it was like um, uh, on Google and you, and you type in, how, how do you deal with a narcissist? How do you stand up to a narcissist? And there were some, there's big warnings to start with saying, you watch out what, you know, you're really in for something because if you, if you, you go up against a good narcissist and they can always, 
find a way to come out on top, you know, because that's, that's, that's what they're professional at, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, to gaslight you to make it look, turn it back around that it's you're the problem rather than them, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I forget what it was um, at the day I, when I learned that, but there's a couple websites on there that says, if you're living with the narcissist, um, you know, type in, how do you deal with a narcissist? And they give you some hints on there and what you can do to, um, you know, but they said, you know, uh, even though you try to deal with them, you're more likely to end up on the bottom still because that's what narcissists do, you know. Exactly. And that's the thing is like I did a, a speech um, and you, you can find it on my Facebook page that I did a speech this weekend at the intuitive fair. And I was talking about dealing with emotions. And one person asked, well, what do you do with people who are doing things to you? And I said, for one, it's not our job to fix them. Yeah, it's not our it's not our job to influence them. Like my husband says, Natasha, you you uh, you taught me so much. I said, you don't even like to listen to me half the time. Why would how am I supposed to? He, he goes, you showed me. And so the best way to negotiate a lot of these stories is to do it in spite of be mm -hmm. ourselves in spite of the narcissist. You know, um, don't prove them, try to prove them wrong. But yet at the same time, be your truth of rightness. Yeah. Be it. You know, sometimes we try to use words and words just flitter off and they cause trouble. Well, many times we have to come back to being and breathing to be able to do it. There's a bigger statement sometimes saying, hmm, and walking out the door. Yeah. And not saying a word. Right. Because when you when you go, hmm. And walk out the door, they can't say, well, you just called me an F and blah, 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 blah. Oh, they walked out the door. They're mad at me now. Yeah. Oh, you know, then their stories start bonking around in their brain, right? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I'm right. And then that evolution of uh, I'm right kind of starts waning a little bit because they have their own story in their own head, right? Yeah. And narcissists have so much going off in their heads and narcissists are very poor believers in themselves. Yeah. And so when they're by themselves, you can imagine the story that's going off in their heads because they have to make sure that we are, we're the one that's bad. So when you leave them by themselves, I'm going to tell you that a lot of times that's their, that's more of a punishment than you sitting there. Nah, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so you said, uh, okay. So she said, um, I thank you for making comments. I appreciate that. So if anybody wants to make a comment, please, because this is a conversation, please, please make them kind comments. So, because we're trying yeah, to do drama activators yeah. right. um, They are drama uh, activists yeah. as well. Yes, they are. Totally. You've had experience with one. Um, you know, so there again, though, the more that we feed the drama, the hatred, the story, the victimhood, in ourselves included, the more power it has. So if you can, that's why I use the mantra, what is this here to teach me? And sometimes I say it as quickly as, well, how is this, how, what is this here to teach me? What is this here to teach me? What is this here to teach me? There's something here to see. There's, what am I seeing? What am I need to be seeing? Because I want to stay out of my own brain's rabbit hole. 
Yeah. That's a legal way of saying it, right? <laughs> you know, and because I'm human, you know, I have emotions. I have all these things that 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 go forward. And, you know, like the other night when I was like on the third night of barely sleeping, I was sitting here going, I'm a very much of an imagery person. So I was sitting here going, do I have an attachment? You know, of energy. Did I have an attachment of energy? Because it was circling, the scenario was circling around too many times for me, yeah. right? I was in hatred too much. And so what I ended up doing was, do I have an entity on me? Ah, I have an entity of this situation. The, an energy of the situation that happened to me, of being painful, of being achy. And, and so I asked that part of me to go into the, I'm asking for divine healing on this section, right? And then I took um, tongs and started plucking <laughs> the repeating stories out of my head. I would go into the tissue and metaphorically, I, I'm very, I'm very logical about how I do things, right? And, but what I found though, the next morning I was breathing a little bit better because I decided to do something different with my story. Yeah. I didn't want to stay in the story anymore. You know, because I wanted to move past it to healing, to acknowledgement, to why, to how to's, to um, whatever this the dance was that I was going to do. Yeah. You know, um, we talk about relationships is probably the the biggest thing that, you know, is, it's usually where we have our major uh, classes. If you figure like a college that we're going through, it relationships, um, especially. Um, you know, like best friends or husband, wife kind of things where we seem to have our biggest uh, hurdles or our biggest learning and everything. And that is illustrated so much in Married at First Sight. You know, we've talked about that before. Where that if people haven't seen the show. Um, uh, relationship experts try to match people. And they have, for the first time, people meet uh, on the, they're, they're married. I mean, mm -hmm. they walk down the aisle and the first time they see each other is like walking down the aisle and yep. they, they've agreed to be married and they have, they're married for uh, eight, eight weeks. And in that eight weeks, they get to decide, do they want to stay married or get a divorce? Now, uh, over the years, probably 70% have got divorces. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in the, the thing that's really wonderful to watch and me as a therapist, but just this is about human nature to watch these programs is to watch from the beginning of the honeymoon night where they're first starting to get to know each other and what happens in that eight weeks. And if you, every one of them, if you see them at the beginning of the eight weeks, at the end of the eight weeks, even though a lot of them end up in divorce, they are forever changed. Mm -hmm. You know, they've learned so much. Uh, some of them have for the first time had to deal with issues that they've never had to deal with before about their own selves because Here's this other person now that has issues with the way they are and they have to feel, how do I change? What do I do? So it's really wonderful to see. And most of them afterwards will say, even though we got a divorce, I'm so glad I went through the process because now I know, I really know more about myself, you know, and they mm -hmm. learn so much in a crash course. It's, it's just, you know, it's really falls apart sometimes when people have to, you know, uh, learn about themselves that quickly. Well, and we learn so much. Can you imagine now, you know, because these shows would come out, what, six months later, 
or so and you see yourself on video now i'm going to tell you this is drama so they cut out a lot they cut out yeah. a, you know it, they they make things manipulate you know they yeah. they like the drama so they're going to plop in drama instead of a good conversation so but you know the backstory and you know how you get presented oh i didn't listen very well did i oh yeah. well, you, we can take that perspective of Hmm, but not it's not a, like a I didn't do it, you know, hitting yourself, you know, you know, that it's not about the hitting yourself, but it's like, hmm. Now, since I didn't listen very good at the very beginning, I wasn't vulnerable enough at the very beginning that I was at the end, that maybe I can do that with my next relationship. Right. And a lot of them they talked to them years later after the show and what they learned from the show it really helped them in their next relationships where they have uh some of them have gotten married since or have you know successful mm -hmm. relationships so um you know it's uh it's just difficult uh like um i have a couple of friends i've considered really really close friends and i think with with both of us it's like they're not the kind of friends that you could like live with mm -hmm. because you either there's they have too many issues that you just don't want to be involved in but they're still good friends mm -hmm. and that's what's nice about have as a good friends because you can be with them and then okay i've seen them this year and i'll i'll come back to see them again six months or next year or something you know and have a good time and really enjoy them but you just if you think about oh my gosh you know like one of my friends uh, is in a in a, a love a relationship now and i know so much about him that i'm going oh boy she doesn't know what she's getting into here <laughs> but know? that's her perspective though because i know that yeah. my best friend I wouldn't want to marry her husband, nor she would she want to marry mine. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know, because we can't. We can only live with what we want to live with, what yeah. what we can put up with, what we're gonna negotiate. But I can tell you that in my thirty two years of marriage, thirty three now, I was born. I was married in ninety one. So, you know, in those many years of marriage, I can tell you there was plenty of things that my husband didn't that did I did not like. And actually, I had to use a serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and I had a discussion, you know, like, you know, I had the discussion with him even, you know, because one night I was waking up listening to the, the serenity prayer. And then I said, and then the statement came out. And I know this is not how it goes. Um, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know if I can live with it oh. or not yeah so there's things in everybody things in a grocery store things in our cars that we just don't want to live or that we don't like we hate them but can we live with them yeah and that's the choice that we got to deal with when we're dealing with relationships and bosses and and stuff like that is can i live with it sometimes i have to say i can live with it for right now and then this is what a mantra that I've been using lately is I surrender, trust, and accept because I don't have all the information. Yeah. I surrender, trust, and accept because I don't have all the information yet. I like that. You know, so do the steps, do the things to learn. You know, we're coming up to the last of our hour here. So if you're ha struggling with things that you don't like, take a moment to breathe. Understand that victimhood, hurt, shame, hatred, grief, 
whatever is going to come to you, acknowledge it, be with it, but it also acknowledge that there is a reason why things are happening. So ask the question, why is this triggering me? Why is it? Hi, Paula. Why is this triggering me? Ask that question before you move on. Why is this person in that form triggering me? Yeah. Because sometimes that person can be representation of, of, um, of, uh, you know, like, like, you know, your boss can have the same sound that an aunt had that, that abused you and you don't know why you, you hate them, but then there's your subconscious remembers. So check in to, there's a reason and remember boundaries. We can always step away from people, right? We can always step away from situations and 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 that process right um so um hi paula and then um she says um grief is an issue for me yes grief is an, a big issue it's right funny, now right? for a lot of people um i'm losing a community yes and and we are that's called evolution and and i can tell you i've had an ebb and flow of i've spent now my 57 years of life that that I think in the last five years is the, the most community I've ever had. Yeah. But even in that community of the last five years, because I could tell you I was an only child and nobody on my block when I was growing up. And I had cousins who lived a half an hour away. So, so I mean, I'm I didn't have people, but yet I had to find, I had to get out of my comfort zone to get my newer community and they'll come. So I wonder if she's, uh, how she's losing community. Is she moving or, or, um, you know, it's funny because just before she said that, I, my next sentence I was going to say is we need to do another show on grief, you know, on how to handle grief. Because my, um, <clears throat> I have a relative of mine, um, they've been try trying to have a, a child for 14 years and she finally got pregnant. And it was everybody in the family was just so excited and everything. Um, and she had the baby uh, a few weeks ago. And then they're holding the baby and the baby just died. So it's like, oh, you know, so they had to give the baby up, you know, to, and it was just the whole, our whole family is just in mourning right now because we were so happy for them. They want, they just would be great parents. They've tried so for so many years, finally here the baby comes and then the baby's born and dies, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, that's, that's a very, difficult thing to deal with you know so part of me wants to jump in there try to do something but i know i need to let them let them grieve and let them you know uh give them a hug of, of, of energy well. yeah help, yeah but i know too it's just like look at all the lessons i'm just thinking what am i learning even from that because i feel this emotion and sadness and feel like crying sometimes when i think about that and so you know, it's like our, you know, situations we have, they impact other people, you know, <clears throat> they, other people feel our sadnesses and then they have to deal with their sadnesses and grief over our grief, you know, mm -hmm. and that, so it's, um, it's very, very difficult. Yes. And that's where, you know, I, you know, I've gone through the grief process. I've not lost a husband. I have not lost a child. I've witnessed many people. I had a mother of heart. My mom passed away and then a woman came into my life and I called her my mother of heart. 
I witnessed her for over 20 years grieving the loss of her child. You know, so I've I've kind of gotten it through osmosis. And I've had a past life a couple times where I've lost children. So I go there to get the emotion. But mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, that, you know, grief is something. And I so am called to help people through that moment, to honor themselves. And we've talked about how to work through the hate. Oh my gosh, talk about hatred when we're in grief. You're right. You know, hatred is in grief. And how can we negotiate that? Um, uh, so, um, you know, uh, Monica uh, said that grief is um, um, changing in our community and um, it can be taboo and it hits deep. Oh, it, 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 it's, you have, depression of grief and then you can be depressed in grief <laughs> you know so there's a lot of different facets to grief and maybe next week let's talk about grief I yeah think that would be um we we did a couple times last year but it's been a while and we have new audience a while, now and, and, and i think it's a it's a calling because a lot of people are losing community they're yeah. they're losing a lot of things they're losing their jobs they're losing family members and and when we're losing, it, it, it is a grief moment. And I know that um, a lot of people are um, choosing to, to leave this planet right now, too. So there's a big doorway of people leaving. And it'll be this way until October, um, uh, just on the other side of, of um, November. Um, so it, it's going to be a little while for, um, for us losing people. So yeah. um, my love goes to everyone. It's just... You know, grief is not an easy thing. So if you're losing your community, remember, it's like it, sometimes we're like a butterfly. We have to go into our cocoon to find out who we are so we can call in a new community. But I'm also telling you, if you're losing your community, figure out how to do things a little different. If you're shifting up who you are, shift, go to a community that's shifting up themselves. Yeah. You know, go into a community. You, you'll come here. This is a community every Monday and Wednesday. You know, find your community somehow. Um, and I know I, under, I understand and respect physicality. Go to fair, you know, go to who you need to be with and, and find your community. Sometimes you have to go to classes, find, start finding, you know, a group that you can do a class with. And then you find friends in that class and then you find your start finding your community again. You yeah. know, it, it, and I'm not labeling that it has to be about spiritual group. I'm just labeling if you're an artist. Go to an artist class. Find people who you can be friends with. Whatever the thing that you want to find community in, move that way. So I'm glad that I saw you at the Intuitive Fair. Me too. That was a blessing. I'm so grateful that you were there too. And and thank you for for sharing your your story with me. Um, I was so. Well, I have another that. one up there, uh, an intuitive or not intuitive fair, well psychic fair. So same thing coming up on. I think it's July 29th. I'll be doing another one, just a one day fair. Yeah. So love doing that because Down there's so many like-minded people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, um, I'm so, I just think I've done 10 or 11 sessions in the last month and a half from the other fair that I did. So it's kept me pretty busy, you know? Mm -hmm. So people, I guess we've got for over time, but yeah, we can talk about this talk about loss of community, which is a form of grief. You know, grief is, is not just when somebody dies, it can be, uh, you know, losing a relationship or a friendship. Community, or, yeah, it, or it, it's infaceted in everything. Yes, and um, and so uh, 
Monica, where he's going to, he lives down in California. So it's down in the San Francisco area. I know for me in the middle of July, I'll be up in Bellingham at the, um, at the uh, spiritual for living uh, fair up there. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah. So we're at the five o'clock time. I know I have a, uh, in-laws that are here, they were here um, uh, seeing uh, my niece and her child, um, and they just happened to be here for our engagement uh, party that we had, you know, so it was great. It was just a nice, a perfect natural. We had some family from back east coming out. Oh, cool. So they're they're going to come over for eat leftovers from the, uh, you know, that we had from the Saturday party tonight. So we're having the, because uh, we, we had salmon and we had, you see, we had uh salmon dish and then we had um uh, chicken marsala where the two dishes people could choose from you know and uh, <laughs> appetizers and we had a beautiful engagement cake afterwards it was really great so they're going to be oh, here. i know your parties i was there one time when i was down in california if it's next year i have to schedule it around when we're having the uh the family dinner so it would be great so yeah. if people want to get a hold of me it's visit theafterlife.com i'm certified with the newton institute and i um what i do is i help my clients get into a deep state of trance which most people can reach and in that state you actually expand your awareness to the afterlife so you get to spend a couple hours in the afterlife sounds crazy but we've had seventy thousand people do it and it's just it's a new thing and um uh, so, um, you can get a lot of get questions answered that you pre-prepare, uh, about your life and, and so forth. Visit loved ones that have passed on. There's just imagine what you could do with the, having a guide over there that you'll meet your guide, your angel. Um, they'll take you around for a couple hours. It's, uh, it's really cool anyway. But I also do regular therapy and all these sessions can be done on zoom or they can be done in person. I go all over California, uh, but if you're out of California, like I just did a session for someone in Philadelphia, someone in Missouri, last couple of weeks, and uh, you'd be surprised that you can visit heaven over the internet, just like Natasha now, she could do readings for you uh, just on Zoom or the internet, or even just with her, or even by the phone. So, mm -hmm. you know, she's got that ability, you know. So if you need me, um, go to visit the afterlife. There's the uh, way you can contact me on there, set up a Zoom session for, uh, regular therapy too. I deal with fears, phobias, post-traumatic stress. Um, and then we have the spiritual side too, if you're open to that. So, and mm -hmm. Natasha, now if someone wants to have a session for you for, for either talking to a loved one that passed on or something about their past lives or something about their future or, or even feng shuiing their house, yes. how they get a hold of you. Um, and, and I do house clearings and blessings too. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of energy out there that can there's be moved around. <laughs> yes. So you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com. I so love supporting people. And, and like today's mantra is I'm loving my emotions, you know, and because that's where we're going into is a lot of emotions through this month of July. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about on Wednesdays dealing with our emotions, which will be a little bit of a grief involved with that too. But you can go to angelicclarifications.com. I would love to support anybody going through life's changes. And I do a lot of the, like the DNA work right now. I have helped people even on, um, at the fair, I help people do, uh, a, a quick version of, of doing some DNA healing work. And, I had perspectives where they've been doing DNA work and, and past life work and they go, Oh my gosh, I didn't have that perspective. And, you know, cause I go into the, the threads 
of things many times negotiating mm -hmm. things. So I love to help people heal just as well as I like to heal myself. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a dance and it's a story. How can we negotiate it? So I'm live on Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time on the same stations everywhere. Um, even on Instagram, I think I will be on Wednesday. And then also, um, if you know of anybody who likes to listen to podcasts, please um, uh, go to Life Clarifications with Natasha, and it's on most platforms. I'm also on other platforms. Just look for Natasha Venter AC. And Patty, thank you for being here. I am so grateful you're here. So um, real quick here, Patty. Patty's a very good friend of mine from um, Arizona. Um, uh, love uh, the idea of sending love to a bully. Hard to react in a way that without meditating yeah. on a situation. Practice small things. See how changes in the bullies transpires. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have time for it now, but there's some stories about how when uh, people started just doing like the Ho'oponopono we were talking mm -hmm. about where, you know, when you're in a situation with a bully, you say, in inwardly i love you thank you please forgive me i'm sorry i love you thank you please forgive me i'm sorry it covers all the bases of things people have done that as a spiritual exercise and they've watched other people's personalities change so it's change. the change within themselves that caused changes in other people mm -hmm. you know some beautiful stories that way and um, i use the mantra i'm asking for divine healing on this and you don't even have to have any belief just even mentioning that can change the situation because yeah. you've changed the thoughts of negative to, oh, I'm, it's out of my control. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking for divine healing on this. Hands yeah. off. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. Yeah, Patty, tune in next, uh, and we can converse more with you about your life and things uh, next Monday. Or oh, on Natasha on Wednesday. Whew. She, Patty has been amazing and how she's had to survive and negotiate through grief. Oh, yeah. You know her already. I know her very well. She used to do hair with me in, when I was in a salon oh, in yeah. Seattle. So we've known each other, what, 30 years, Patty? I think it is. Wow. Um, so she's she's a dear, 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 dear friend. So my love is with everybody. everybody. See you next Monday at 4 o'clock Pacific time with Regan. And we will be talking about grief on Wednesday. This Wednesday, I will be talking about emotions. So blessed be to everyone. Please like, share, and um, subscribe if you are there. Because yeah. we like to have the thumbs up. It helps us to get more views. So thank you to help people. Okay. Thank you. See Blessings you to all. Bye now. <laughs>